This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good afternoon. This is Seb Ventura on the Drive Home Show. Welcome to everybody today. Uh, we are looking at leadership. How difficult is it to step up from middle leadership to senior leadership? What are the differences? What are the challenges? And should we all be aiming for that role? Uh, are we paid enough as main scale teachers, or is that why we all reach for the top? Lots to discuss on the show today, so stay tuned. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Right, good afternoon. Sorry about that. My normal jingle there uh, left me astray, so I had to do the old backup one. So you missed uh, the lovely Graham saying my name in booming tones. I am broadcasting from London, as usual, and this is the absolutely normal uh, drive home show with me, Seb Ventura. I'm not a bot. I am real. Um, and welcome. Welcome to everybody joining me today on this gloomy, dark Thursday when everyone's probably exhausted um, from a couple of days back. Obviously, the main killer being getting up early when you've been getting up probably a lot later. But anyway, welcome to everyone. Uh, we've got a lot to get through today, including a uh, nice, uh, really good interview with um, my guest today, uh, Sarah Baker. Um, who I spoke to earlier in the week as she is busy in meetings uh, on the Thursday at four. So unfortunately, she couldn't come on live. But that's absolutely no problem because everybody will get to hear her words of wisdom shortly. So how are we all doing? I hope you've all had a good uh, start back to school. I'm sure by now everybody is back. Um, and certainly if you're not, you probably will be by tomorrow. Um, but yeah, of course, it's... Um, it's a shock to the system, isn't it, at the best of times, that straight back into school after Christmas. And if you times that by 10 uh, with all the COVID shenanigans and uh, lateral flow tests and mask wearing, it just does make it a little bit more taxing, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, let me know, get in touch with um, how your school's operating. I think pretty much most people are in the same boat. We've all obviously got to wear masks. Uh, how are you finding that? Are kids being compliant or is it a real difficult battle that you have to keep having with people. Um, but get in touch as always um, through the uh, Podbean. You can listen live on our website, ttradio.org. Um, and obviously you can message me in the chat. I'll be putting a few questions um, in the chat text box in a moment uh, for you to think about. But please let me know how you're doing. If you're listening from uh, another country outside the UK, um, let us know where you're listening from. And um, that's always good to hear. So, um, what is there to say? I normally start with a little um, football roundup, but um, that would have been talking about tonight's game. Um, but that's obviously been cancelled, the Liverpool and Arsenal match, um, due to COVID. So, uh, obviously, schools have to look after each other, but footballers don't seem to be able to do that very well, do they? Um, okay, so let's get into the meat of today. What are we talking about? Well, today's show really... We are focusing on, well, a couple of things, but the main one is looking at the uh, career progression, essentially. So we're looking at why people um, move from middle leadership positions to senior leadership positions. Now, there's obviously a straightforward answer, which could be the just you're ambitious, uh, you want to develop, you want to learn more. 
uh, there's obviously the obviously the main side issue of this, which is salary, um, which we can't avoid talking about because that is obviously a main reason why people would take on more responsibility. But um, obviously, that cannot be the main driver. Well, it shouldn't necessarily be, but it often is the main driver as to why people make career choices. And this is what the debate is today and why I want you to get in touch. Give me a call, click call in or click message, send me a text. How do you feel about this? Do you think um, that the pay scales for main teachers, I saw this on Twitter and that's what got me thinking about it. Someone had put a comment about this, that the main scale teachers pay scales, the, the, they are low and, and because of that, people seek promotion and seek uh, TLRs or extra responsibilities um, in order to get a bit more money, but be a bit more comfortable, as well as obviously other reasons uh, in terms of their professional development and in terms of their career. Now, what the argument was on Twitter, I can't remember who said it, so apologies if this was you, um, but that are we at risk of losing some of our best classroom teachers because uh, the temptation to get a promotion, to, to, to work up your way up the ladder, just to get a bit more money because the pay scales aren't great. That is the debate um, that we want to sort of have today. And the discussion is that we're not suggesting people in, in leadership positions or SLT or middle leaders, etc., should be paid less. Of course not. But what we are saying is if the gap, if the discrepancy between uh, being a main scale teacher, let's say you've been teaching four or five years, um, and you get up to M5 or whatever it is, and you're very, very good in the classroom, you're an experienced practitioner, you've been doing it a while, you get good results, but then your pay has to plateau because you're not willing or you're not, you don't want to move up to, um, let's say, SLT, which is a giant, completely different kettle of fish, or maybe you're just a teacher that doesn't really want to be head of department or Maybe you're head of a department of a small subject like drama, for example, or psychology, and you don't want to be head of faculty because that is, again, a lot of admin, uh, a lot of paperwork, a lot of line management meetings, a lot of dealing with um, issues that arise within the department. So that isn't for everybody, which I understand that. But the point I'm trying to make is, do, do we lose people from the classroom into those positions purely because the pay scales um, don't allow someone to sit on that level of just being a teacher. Maybe not. Maybe you're listening thinking, Seb, it's not all about money. Maybe you're sitting there thinking you've been a teacher for 10 years of, of English or maths or history or whatever, and you've no intention of moving up and you're quite happy with your pay and you think it's it's fair and, and you're, you're happy. Please get in touch. I'm happy for people to disagree. But I don't think I've ever met a teacher who has said, Oh, I love my pay packet. I don't think that's ever been the case. We may all talk about liking holidays and we may all talk about loving our job um, or we may all talk about the challenges of the job. But I don't remember in my 16 years hearing many teachers say, God, I wish they'd pay me a bit less or um, the pay's the pay's too good. Because obviously no one would no one would go into teaching for the pay, let's be honest. When you equate that to what we do, now that's not to say we're not well paid compared to other jobs in, say, retail, for example. I know I've worked in retail myself for many years. You know, retail management positions, you know, they're poor, poorly paid. There's no two ways about it. So we are well paid in that respect. But it's whether you equate the level of stress, the extra hours that we do, 
um, the accountability, um, the importance of being a teacher, same as being a doctor or any um, any public sector job, I suppose. Um, you could say the same for nurses. Um, you know, are we paid really a fair amount compared to the rest of Europe um, or other countries for the job that we do? And I, and I think with pan, with the COVID pandemic, I think it certainly has um, possibly changed the public perception of what how what teachers do. I, I feel there's a bit more love for teachers since COVID and all the clapping on the street, etc. I, I think I think people generally maybe in society are a bit more appreciative because they probably had to homeschool their own children, realise how difficult it was um, and see what we do through Zoom, Zoom classrooms, etc. Um, so I, I would hope that it has made a difference, has made the general public of, of, of Britain and um, UK more understanding. But um, without getting too political, I don't think you'll ever really get um, our culture and our, and our the system in which we live in to really ever put teachers on a same pedestal as doctors or brain surgeons or lawyers or I just don't think it'll ever happen. But anyway, I digress. You may disagree. I'm, I'm getting a little bit too political there. But anyway, so to get back to what I need you to get in touch with me about today, because I'm obviously Teachers Talk Radio. If you're a new listener, welcome. But you may um, not know this, but we are obviously an interactive station. It is a live uh, broadcast. You can call in by clicking the button uh, on your uh, phone on the popping app at any point to join me in the studio. If you've got a burning uh, issue, you can also tap uh, on the message box to send me a message if you'd rather contribute like that. Um, but we're all about discussion. So the two things we're talking about is, because I did rant a little bit there, so I need to get back <laughs> to basics. But the main issues we're looking at is um, how difficult uh, is it going from middle leader position to SLT? So get in touch, first of all, if you either a middle leader that wants to go into SLT and you're not sure, perhaps you want to call in and, and talk that through. Uh, maybe you're like myself, you've been a middle leader and then you've also been on SLT and you've tasted both of those. Um, I would argue that being a middle leader is one of the hardest jobs in the school. I've said this before on my show. I know a lot of people agree because I think you're stuck between, um, you know, embracing the whole school vision of, of what SLT want whilst keeping your team happy and your department happy. That is not easy. That's a very, very challenging position. Plus, you've got a fairly high teaching load. Plus, you're in charge of, you know, accountable for all the data in your department. So it's very, very hardcore being a middle leader. Um, and not to say SLT isn't, but I certainly think that um, it is one of the toughest jobs because SLT, you often get a reduced timetable. You get a bit more freedom for certain things. Um and I, I just think middle leaders often do get uh, shafted, for want of a better word. <laughs> um, or they they just get a bit of it. It's a tough job is what I'm saying. It's a very tough job. So if you are a middle leader and you agree with me or you disagree, get in touch. If you're an SLT and you've recently changed from being a middle leader, again, get in touch. Tell me what you think the big differences are. My guest today, Sarah Baker, I was speaking to her in about 10 minutes. She... Um, has done lots of middle leader positions. Uh, she's been a head of year, she's been a head of department, head of faculty. Um, so she's done lots of those middle leader roles. Um, and, and then she, you know, was an assistant head and is now a deputy. So she's done all that. So I'm going to be talking to her about it. But before I do that, I just want to get a feel for my, for my audience today um, that have tuned in. 
about this issue. Now, the other overlapping issue that we are going to talk about today, and I've done a lot of tweets about this the last few days to just get a bit of people interested in my show today, is um, the women ed side to this. So, of course, I'm not a woman. I'm not really going to I don't really want to do a show focusing on majorly on women's issues because it seems a little bit silly um, when I'm not a woman myself. But um, obviously, I've had a lot of female guests and Sarah today touches quite a lot in her interview um, about the difference between um, being a female leader, particularly in the sense of motherhood. So um, get in touch if you are a teacher that is also a mother and the impact that that had on your career because that's another little thread that i'm sending out there is i would like to know how that affected you did you feel like after motherhood you could only go back to did you have to take a demotion because of the added responsibility at home i know one of my good friends another sarah not the sarah that's on today but another sarah that i've worked with um i know she took a few years sort of out away from teaching when she had her baby um uh, but, but then she had another baby and then she came back into it and is now fully back um, taking on all responsibilities that can be thrown at her because obviously her kids are a bit older um, and she's balancing all that up with um, her professional life, with her personal life. So that is another angle for today. So if you are interested um, or if you've got something to say, sorry, on that topic um, about the balance between being a mum, being a, a professional leader, um, not feeling guilty about, because I know that is what per, some parent teachers feel. I mean, obviously I'm a father, I'm not a mother, but I can still empathise with the idea of, you know, staying that late at work when my kids were small and coming home and they'd already gone to bed and feeling like I've missed out on something or the sacrifices you make as a parent for the job versus um, the idea that you get school holidays, so therefore you get to spend a lot of time with them then. Um, so there is there is a flip side to that, um, apart from the fact we have to spend a hell of a lot more money to go abroad. But anyway, that's another issue. Um, so, yeah, so they're the two strands that we're looking at today um, related to what I'm going to be discussing with my guest Sarah later on in the show. Um, middle leadership versus senior leadership. What are the big differences? Is the pay rise from main scale teacher to leadership positions too vast? And so therefore that causes people like myself to rise up the ladder um to, to to gain more experience develop and get more salary but do we then lose some of our best teachers um because they're in those positions for the salary because they don't really get it lower down and therefore we lose them from the classroom and are we at risk of having a profession full of basically trainees and nqts um, in most of our classrooms, whilst everyone else either quits the job after five years through stress or gets promoted and then is hardly in the classroom. That, that's my argument, is that, that what are we left with? Nothing wrong, of course, with trainees or NQTs or ECTs. Please don't get me wrong on this. But I think we will all admit that once you've been teaching two or three years, you become a better teacher on the whole. You're a better practitioner. You've got more expertise, more experience. So really, that's what we want the classroom full of is teachers who've been teaching, I think, between three or four years and, and, you know, 25 years. They're the people you want your children to be taught by because they're experts and they're good at it. We can't just have a whole school full of, you know, people who've only just trained and we can't just have a, a school full of people who are either deputy heads, assistant heads that might be very good teachers, but only teach a few hours because they're 
they've got other responsibilities. So that's what I'm throwing out there today. That's our debates. Um, and we're going to chew the fat of that with Sarah in a moment. Um, and she makes some really, really good points about this whole topic um, about leadership. And we end up, uh, as always, going off on a, a little tangent. Uh, so bear with the interview when that happens. But if you're listening in and you're, in, and you're enjoying the interview, which I hope you will do in a moment, um, and it does flag up um, some issues that you want to talk about, make a little note or send me a message, probably even better in the text box um, on the phone. And then I will pick that point up when the interview finishes, um, because obviously you won't be able to phone in live because it's a pre-recorded interview. Uh, but we'll have plenty time after the interview to pick up any points that you think of either riled you because you disagree or you passionately agree with or you just want to comment upon them. Um, that's what we're here for, Teacher Talk Radio. We are, we are your voice. Um, we are your opportunity. We are your window to connect with other teachers, air your views, um, whether they're controversial or not. We want to hear from you. We want you to join the conversation. We've got over 10,000 uh, Twitter followers now, which is fantastic. We hope to double that, if not more, this year in 2022. Oh, Happy New Year as well. I've just realised I never said that to any of my listeners, which is bad form. Uh, if you are listening in, thank you very much to those people. I can see some Laura, I can see Ennio and a few other people. So welcome to everyone listening today from wherever you're listening on the drive home with me, Seb. Maybe you are um, driving home, maybe you're already home, or maybe you've had a couple of days inset and you're having to stay late to actually get yourself ready uh, for lessons tomorrow or next week. Uh, Mal's just joined me. Hi to Mal. Um, so I'm sure everybody's at that point where it's Friday tomorrow already. You probably feel like you've done uh, two weeks work um, battered by getting up early, battered by probably lots of CPD, perhaps that's um, frazzled your brain when you should be, you know, relaxing, eating uh, turkey or drinking Baileys or whatever we've all been doing over Christmas. Um, it is it is a shock to the system. It's no matter how long you've been teaching um, and anybody that's a new teacher out there feeling exhausted tomorrow. Um, please be aware that is totally normal. Um, okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to, I'm going to play my interview that I did earlier in the week with Sarah Baker. As I say, um, she is a deputy head and um, we talk a lot in this interview about promotion. We talk about career progression, uh, the challenges of middle leadership versus senior leadership. And we also have, end up going off on one about, um, you know, um, the pay, the pay issue and being a, uh, a mother and a female teacher and all sorts of different random things. If, if it was one thing, it'd be easy. But you'll hear in the interview, me and Sarah, we, we, we did like to riff a little bit around this topic area. So your task now is to sit back and relax, uh, listen to the interview. Um, and like I say, make any notes um, that you might want to pick up on or even better, send me a message. Hi to Mal. She's just sent a message in there. Um, Send me a little text or a message on the chat on the chat box if you suddenly hear something and go, "Oh, I don't agree," or um, "Or oh yeah, great point, yeah, great point. I want to I want to pick up on that." Then put it in the chat box, and then what we'll do at the end of the interview is I'll scroll back through and we'll pick them up. Or even better, you might just decide at the end you want to call in and and vent and react to some of the things that we've said. Not that it's controversial, but. There might have been things in there that you think, actually, that's not my experience. I, I want to challenge that. Um, and I'm all up for challenge. I'm all up for, 
you know, different viewpoints, different um, different voices on Teacher Talk Radio and different people's experiences. So we're totally up for that. So maybe wait if you want to till the interview finishes um, around five o'clock and, and click the call in button. I'll take your call then and we can pick up from there. And remember, anyone who does call in live um, receives a Teacher's Talk Radio mug, exclusive uh, mug uh, posted out to them, which you can use in your staff room this term. Uh, so that is any more incentive than you need? I don't think so. So, OK, so I'm going to play the interview now. Um, I may have to just skip through the little beginning bit. Um, right. OK, good. So um, I'm joined today uh, by Sarah and Sarah is an assistant head at the moment at her current school. I'm a deputy um, head, actually. Mr. Oh, ben sorry. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Straight away with a mistake. Um, but Sarah was assistant head for a long time. How long have you been a deputy now, Sarah? I've been a deputy for three years now. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's gone quick as well. All right. So just for the sake of our uh, listeners, um, before we get into our topic today, and again, like I say, please feel free to join uh, on the chat box if you have any comments about what me and Sarah are going to be discussing today. Um, but we'll start with a bit of a context so people know uh, your background, Sarah, because you were originally a dance teacher, weren't you? I was indeed, yeah. So I started teaching in 2001 um completely fell into teaching actually both my parents were teachers and i'd always said i never want to be a teacher um and in 2001 i went to cover a maternity leave as an as a non-qualified teacher for a dance teacher um and ended up staying at that school for 12 years so the year after i did what was what used to be referred to as the graduate teacher training program and trained whilst I, whilst on the job and then during my 12 years at that school, I did a number of different roles. Um, I was head of year seven for a period of time. I was head of dance. Um, I was team leader for expressive arts and director of performing arts because the school was a specialist performing arts college. Um, so yeah, so, so I was at that school for, for a number of, of years. Um, and then in 2015, I moved to my current school um, as an assistant head, um, I did have two children along the way, and had, so I had a little break there. But um, 2015, moved to my current school um, as an assistant head, and then became um, deputy head there three years ago. So, how long? Because I'm rubbish at maths. Um, how long was were you assistant head for then at your current school before you took that next step? I was uh, three years. Three years. Okay, yeah, so that, that's yeah. pretty rapid in itself, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that the you know that the school that I currently work in has has gone through a lot of change itself in that time, and we've had um, you know quite a we've had a new head come in, and we've um, joined um, an academy chain. Um, so there was lots of there was lots of things going on. There was redundancies that were made, so it was a really really difficult time. Um, thankfully, the school as a whole has come out the other side of that much much stronger now, and and in a really strong position. Really? Um, and I was able to be part of that, which has been exciting, frantic, stressful, all of those words. Sure. So um, how did you, just to unpick that a little bit, how did you, with um, without obviously, you don't have to make any personal uh, detailed comments, but was that an opportunity that came up or was it something you sought out yourself and pushed for in terms of that, that step up? 
Um, it was, it really was an opportunity that came up, but I was very grateful and willing for that opportunity. And I think had that opportunity not arisen for me at that time, then I might have, you know, tried to to seek something out, be it there or, or elsewhere. So um, at, at that level, at deputy level. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so that is kind of really what I've got Sarah on the show today to do is to we're going to talk a little bit about there may be many listeners out there who are either in middle leader positions uh, waiting to maybe make that step up to leadership or people on leadership going further up towards headship. So I suppose the first question to ask you is, do you want to ever be a head teacher, Sarah? Um, yes, I absolutely would like to be a head teacher one day. Um, and it's it's a really interesting question, actually, that I think about an awful lot. Um, a couple of years ago, I completed my MPQ SL, mm-hmm. um, which was a really interesting process. And um, actually, it was a, it was the first women's only MPQ SL at the time. Um, and so, so that was a really interesting process. Unfortunately, COVID like so many things, it interrupted yeah. the, the process of that. But anyway, that yeah. that was uh, was a, was an interesting time. Um, I definitely would like to be ahead. As I said earlier, I've got two children who are fairly young, and I'm in quite um, you know, I, I'm in a really good position at the moment. As in, I very much enjoy where I work. My my school is very much still on an upwards trajectory, which I would like to continue to see you know, mm. to see uh, through. But at some point in the future, when the time is right, I would very much like to be ahead. Yeah, I think do, I do. Sorry, go sorry, on. Sorry, I was just going to say, do you think picking up on when you mentioned there about the children, do you think then it's important that when people make this decision about um, career progression, that they factor in, uh, you know, their personal circumstances just as much as their own, you know, need for more money or for ambition? I think, of course, it is important. And, and of course, you have to um, to factor in your own personal circumstances. I think, you know, particularly um, as a woman, and I've, I've, I mentioned earlier that it was a women's only MPQ, and, there, and there's a lot of kind of research and, and networks and various groups that, that I belong to, which are about kind of women, um, women in education and, you know, breaking yeah. that glass ceiling and, and so on. Yeah. And, and you know, it is n- not, I know this is a kind of different angle than, than what we were, you know, than no, what that's we were talking fine. about today. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you, you know, you have to factor in your personal circumstances. And I am very much torn. Sometimes I do think, actually, no, why am I waiting? What am I, what am I worrying about? Why I, I could, yeah. I could go for this now. And, and, you know, I, I some days feel like I could take on the world and, and yeah. you know, I could walk into a headship no problem. And then other days I really, really question that. And you know, <laughs> yeah. imposter syndrome, I think, is a very yeah. real thing. It's not major, just in it, women, not just no, in it's women. No, it's a major, it's, it is definitely a real thing, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although I do have a, um, a, a friend who is a psychologist who says it's not a thing. You can't put a syndrome on something <laughs> like that. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, no, but I think know, it is common. I think it is common in particular, well, not just leadership roles, but any role in, in schools particularly. I'm not sure about other businesses, but certainly in edu- education, there is that thing of you constantly being told either you're not good enough or, yeah. you know, and I think I think so. So going back to your question about you know yeah. is, is the personal circumstances a factor? Of course it is. I just think that there are so many different factors that you have to weigh up, and and you know you have to. Um, 
as as a mother, I'm I'm torn um, between you know I don't want to look back and think oh I missed X Y Z with my children because I was working and what have you, but at the same time I love my career and and you know I'm a single mum so yeah, I feel like yeah. I'm setting them a very good example in that sense in terms of yeah. you know how, how I'm how I'm working and in, and enjoying my career so it's all just a massive juggling act. Yeah, yeah, totally. So what would you, and I know this is a sort of a silly question in some ways because it's totally personal, but I still think it'd be interesting to hear your view on it. Um, and again, people, if anyone's listening and wants to either call in later or send a message, um, your opinion on, do you think, um, you know, it is for everybody and that everybody should be aspiring to, you know, go up the ladder in the same way you are, or do you think people should you know be find a level they're comfortable with and and stay there i mean it's that that's a it's a massive question you know yeah. is, is it for everybody and i think one of the things that i think you've got two reasons really to um to be promoted to seek promotion if, if that's the right way of putting it yeah. and i think you know one is for your own professional development and that's where you you know that that's the route that you want to go down um, and clearly another is financial. And I think what is really difficult is that, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there is nobody, I'm sure this probably sounds a little bit like teaching granny to suck eggs, but if your motivation is purely financial, then it is not the right thing for you. You know, and I think you you really have to weigh up. Obviously, it's that age old debate of the further up the chain you go. And once you're on SLT, you don't teach as much. And then there's the whole other debate about, you know, take, taking, um, the best teachers out the classroom mm. um and that's why although it never really properly worked i don't think but the the old kind of route of um asts advanced skills teachers was actually yeah. in theory a really good way of keeping those um you know excellent teachers in the classroom um but still allowing them to kind of progress financially as well i think that the role of of slt people don't really understand until you are doing it um, and I think a lot of people, I think a lot of the work that SLT do is not necessarily, uh, is, is almost hidden in one sense. And that yeah. people don't necessarily understand kind of what is going on. And I know when I was looking to make the leap from middle leader to senior leader, and it is a big leap. And I went for about four or five interviews before I got the, the position that I did. Um, you know, there wasn't at that time what there is now, which is lots of opportunities for secondments and mm. associate assistant principal routes. Um, and I think actually that is a really fantastic way for uh, people to understand whether or not it is for them. And I have known people do secondments and then actually at the end of it, step away and say, do you know what? This is not for me. Yeah. This is not the yeah. route that I want to go down. I'm, I'm very happy in my role as head of whatever yeah. it is or you yeah. know um and i think actually like i said you know when uh, six seven eight years ago those kind of opportunities were not really readily available and i think if people do have the chance to do those kind of projects then that is a is a is a really really good um opportunity for you to see whether it is for you um yeah. because actually to answer your question is no i don't think it is for everybody no uh, it's, it's very interesting there's so many angles with this with this mm. topic um but i think 
even sometimes with those sort of secondment roles. And I remember doing, you know, future leader projects and all these kind of things. Yeah. Sometimes it's still not really the same, even though you get a flavour for their responsibility. You mm -hmm. haven't still got that accountability level and you're not necessarily being asked to do hundreds of duties or you know what it's no. like you know picking up anything that is thrown at the school or, and, and, or... I mean one of the things that I actually love about my job is the fact that that and, and also probably just to give you a bit, little bit more context I'm the only um deputy at my school so I've got so because we're a relatively small school and a relatively small leadership team so um so I have got a, an extraordinary breadth of responsibilities from writing the timetable I'm DSL uh I do teaching and learning you know there's right. there's a, yeah, a yeah. really wide number of things and and I also teach I still teach a little bit of dance and I teach a, a little bit of English um but actually one of the things that I love about my job is the fact that I can go from teaching a dance lesson to then suddenly going to observe um an ECT and working with them to then you know going to a child in need meeting to then yeah, you know yeah. and and actually it's one of the things that I love but it's also what is probably the most difficult about it <laughs> is the way you just have to switch from from one thing to another and and I yeah. think that that is that is also something that as a middle leader you don't necessarily appreciate and I can remember being a middle leader and sort of you know going to my SLT various links and saying you know well I I need this and I need that and and not fully appreciating what it was that they were necessarily going through or all the other things that they were having to deal with. The flip side of that, I suppose a little bit like a parent, is that as a middle leader, kind of why should you have to do, you know, why should you have yeah, to worry sure. about that? You know, sure. you, you, you've you got your, you've got your um, SLT link. And actually, I, I think that the middle leader role in a school is probably the most difficult and certainly the most critical. Um, and I don't think, and I think it's a massively underappreciated role. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And I, we did cover this on a show a while back when I interviewed a couple of middle leaders. Um, we did cover this topic, but I, I do, I have to agree with that. I, I just think it's mm. because you are literally trying to, in, in, you know, embed the vision of the SLT or support their initiatives or whatever, even if you don't agree yeah. with them, whilst being the leader to your team and yeah. supporting them. And the two don't always marry up and you're just constantly caught in the middle. I think you know? I think I think it's absolutely right. And I think, you know, the problems can come from both from both sides. Right. Yes, you know, yes. and I and I think and I've seen and I've probably done it myself, you know, that as a yeah. as a senior leader, you can overly micromanage middle leaders or you can go completely the other extreme and and you know just let them get on to it. And if any if anybody's listening, they will know that I've got a couple of middle leaders that I line manage at the moment who are fantastic and so competent that actually sometimes weeks can go by and I barely speak to them. And that's not yeah. right, but it's because I sort of trust them to, to get on with what they're doing, you know. Um, yeah, no, that is, that's a big one, isn't it? The, the balance between micromanaging and leaving people to make mistakes is, is, mm -hmm. is also something. I, I spoke to a head teacher on, on my show a few months back and he, and he was very, very progressive, I thought, in saying, you know, that he lets his leaders make mistakes mm. in order for them to learn. But I was a bit like, yeah, but 
you know how how far do you let that go before you are you're controlling you know controlling. I, I mean i think that is so interesting and, and i can remember um a previous head teacher of mine saying that to me as well and saying yeah. that you know yeah. that that for people within my team that i was getting frustrated by you know you need to let them you know sometimes you need to let people make make mistakes and yeah and, yeah. and it is a very very difficult one because i think you know our I think when you've got very high standards, um, you know, it is it is difficult. Um, one of the things that I have, you know, we talked earlier about the difference between middle leader, middle leaders and, and senior leaders, I think is probably being able to let go a little bit more. So, you know, you 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 and I are both very passionate about our subjects. You said earlier on, you know, dance was the subject that that I that I came from. And, you know, some of those I think when you are um, as forthright, perhaps, as we are, you know, and we've got clear ideas about how we think things should be done, etc. And I think as you as you mature through your career, it is about being able to understand that there are different ways to do things. And, you know, not everybody is not going to always do things in the way that you would have wanted them to do. And sometimes that will work and sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. Um, you know, and and when it doesn't, it's not about sitting back and saying, "I told you so." You no, know, no. It, it, well, it used, used to be. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be. No, I think and that maturity is a very good shout. And I think anyone listening who is either, and it doesn't have to be age related, but less experienced, let's yeah. say, in teaching or education, that it is it, for some people like us, it is a tough lesson to learn. And I'm I'm not saying everybody has to learn that lesson, but certainly that thing of it comes from the right place you know it comes from a place of we're both enthusiastic and keen and want the best for the children etc and have a vision but the frustration of people not working in the same way we do and, and I, I refer to subject bias quite a lot but you know maths and science teachers are a different breed and i, I don't want to offend anyone out there but i think the net the people who go into teaching maths and science are very different personalities than us mm. uh, arts teachers for example and then that can cause problems because you, it, we do look at things in a different way we look at the world in a different way you know absolutely, absolutely of course it can but you know then at the same time you need quite obviously a makeup of all of those different kinds of, yeah. of people um We do think very differently and work very differently but at the same time i think and i hope you would agree that's actually why we work well together because you yeah know, we're, we're bringing those kind of different sides of it um I, I think you're i think you're right as well to mention that you know maturity doesn't necessarily relate to age um one of the things that i i find challenging in terms of that that leap from middle leader to senior leader and this might be a little bit controversial is some of some people who have made that very rapid um leap yes. to senior leadership yeah and you know i'm not um like i said this this might be a little bit controversial but i think that you need to have credibility when you're on senior leadership you you absolutely have to and the only way you can do that is with your hours in the classroom mm -hmm. and and you know i think it's i think it's really difficult some people you know we, we've all been around in these various different schemes over the years i, I don't need to mention any specifically no, but, no, no. you know and and people who have then had very accelerated careers and don't get me wrong i've met some really fantastic people doing that over the years who have done really well but i do think it does leave you with an issue with credibility with 
less experienced members of staff who, you know, actually to teach five hours a day, four or five hours a day, five days a week is exhausting. Yeah, no, um, cool. you know, yeah. And, and I think that actually, I think that is is something that senior leaders need to recognise and need to always, it's something that I tried to say to myself that I would always try to remember what it is like yeah, to do no, that. Yeah, and I think that's where sometimes, uh, and this is purely personal for my, but, you know, sometimes on Twitter, I, there, there, you do see there's animosity between people who post to a middle leaders about, I mean, they may be in schools with really bad SLTs, you mm. know, but anyway, about that and then other people the other way. And it's like this us and them mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think you are right. If you've got, I would say, a good four or five years, if not more time at the coalface, let's say, of, of hours in the bank, mm. it's not just credibility. I think it's experience yeah. that you have, you have, you have experienced so many situations. And then when yeah. someone comes to you that hasn't, you've got the skills or the knowledge or the, the wisdom to be able to say, look, you know, this is how you can deal with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent correct. That is, you need to have that. Yeah. Um. So what do you think, just picking up, because we covered quite a lot of different things and I really appreciate your time, Sarah. So thanks for joining us. Um, there's quite a few, this is going off in lots of obviously different angles as I would imagine it would do. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I wanted to pick up from earlier was about when you said about the personality thing of if someone wants to go into leadership, um, I think that idea of I'm the same as you, I like the fact that every day is different. When I was an assistant head, I liked that because it's it's interesting. Mm -hmm. But it is also the massive headache of it yes. that you that you never know what's going to happen and your day can go from one you know thing to another. Yeah. So would you think then that 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 is a personality thing that is essential to have or do you think actually you know maybe there are people who are just really calm and it, and they don't get as flustered or bothered i mean you've known me for a long time seb I, I don't know that many people would describe me as calm so i'm not sure that you have to have that no. um you know i think that ability to adapt and to yeah, yes to, to not be thrown uh, or overly thrown by those kind of changing of plans and i think you know i, I have seen people who kind of will will plan their day and say you know at this time I'm going to be doing this and at this time I'm going to be doing that and then if you're the kind of person who might get freaked out by the fact that that might all change and might get thrown out the window then that's probably going to be an issue if you can accept that you're going to need to adapt and that your day yeah, yeah, may sure. not turn out as you know and and this is when you then get into well, you know, actually, and I think, and again, I think perhaps middle leaders might look at, for example, the timetable of somebody on senior leadership and go, oh, you know, they're only only teaching an hour a day or, or whatever it might be. Um, it, or, or actually, I mean, actually, that's me quite fortunate. And, and I know that some of my colleagues on SLT who are assistant principals and associate principals teach an awful lot more than that. But, you know, still, it's significantly less than a, than, than a main scale teacher. Yeah. And kind of go well what are they doing with their time what what is what's yeah. happening with all of that time yeah. and i think that can be quite difficult to kind of reconcile well actually you know what is going on so you know i think as long as you've got the 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 ability to adapt as i said then i think yeah. that's probably the biggest skill um, and there are times when we all lose the plot over that but yeah, sure. as long as that's not on a daily occurrence then i think uh, i think there's some good um life advice in there as well really because ultimately i would always say you shouldn't you know you can't judge somebody's uh how hard they're working or 
their personal you know well-being by just looking at someone and yeah. or making a judgment because i can remember you know being encouraged by my head teacher to as an assistant head in charge to you know with teaching and learning at the forefront yeah. to just wander around the school yeah and pop in yeah. and you know i i was always conscious i thought well people just think i'm just walking around yeah yeah you know why am i not busy why am i not working 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 and actually what i found was that you know you can do a massively important job in just doing that popping in yeah seeing people. you pick up so much about you know yeah. people's um, issues think, what's happening in the classroom corridors etc i think that, i think the point about you know not making assumptions about what other people are doing is really really important because i for example you know going back to i've said a couple of times about my children now I will make, an, make a point at school uh, unless I've got, obviously, a governor's meeting or, or whatever, then I try to get away from school at a reasonable time every day. And I, mm -hmm. I make no apologies for that and no, I make no bones no. about it. Um, every single night I will, not every single night actually, but most nights I will then sit and do some work after the kids have gone to bed. Yeah. Um, and I don't make a big song and dance about that. We have a fantastic policy at my school that you're not allowed to send emails between 7 o'clock at night and 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely right um i've previously worked with colleagues who would send emails at one and two o'clock in the morning and I, I almost it almost became a joke it almost was you know you kind of think are these people waking up and sending these emails at this time on purpose just to make them look like that's how they're how yeah they're, yeah, you know. yeah. But so you know so so there may be people at my school who you know who choose to stay at school until six o'clock seven o'clock each day and Think they work harder than I do whatever that's that is their prerogative I get my job done I, yeah, I choose yeah, sure. to yeah. come home and and do more work of an evening and certainly at weekends and and you know that's the difficulty people don't see what you're what you're doing and that's fine people can you know can can think what they like but I think it is important to to not you know not just make assumptions about what people are doing yeah true true and i i always used to think it you know that whole what's the analogy about the swan paddling under the yes. surface you know, i always used to think i know i'd look at people that we've worked with in senior leader positions and think wow how are they so calm yeah, yeah, yeah. when things happen to me i when i was certainly certainly less mature than i am now in terms of my teaching you know i've got i've got to have a strop yeah. because people have got to see how stressed i am yeah. in order to project a sense of look how much work i'm doing yeah 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 know? yeah and I, I just don't you know you you learn to realize that's not necessary and actually is counterproductive yeah. um, to everybody absolutely. absolutely and i think you know uh, the other thing is that and again this is a, a, a difference perhaps between middle and, and senior leadership is is i i try to um and and i have had feedback that this is the case i try to to be approachable and i try yeah. to not always yeah. you know if people want to come, they see me in my office and they want to come in um it is very rare i have done it on occasion but it is very rare that i will say no you know unless i'm in the middle of a meeting or, yeah. or, or yeah. what have you but of course you know you might have that hour set aside when you were going to do whatever it is somebody comes in they need you that needs to be the be the priority, um, you know, and and so that's an, that's another thing that can be then difficult to manage and and juggle and so on. But um, but again, people, that's that's not the middle leader's problem. That's my problem to sort out. Yeah. Is how I would yeah. view that. That that's part of my role. That's that's part of what I'm there to do is to is to support other people. Yeah, and I think also what you're clearly demonstrating in the comments you're making, Sarah, and I would hope people pick up on this is the need for reflection because 
you know, we all know it's easy to say, but just hearing how you're talking, you know, looking back on your career and looking back on last week, last month, that if you don't have those skills to be able to reflect and, and learn and et cetera, then I don't think really they even make good teachers, let alone leaders, because some some teachers I meet that are struggling, they, they just don't have those basic reflection skills. And that is what is stopping them progress. Yeah, I, I think it, and I think but also it's therefore being able to carve out some time for that reflection to happen. And yeah. which is I mean, that is probably the most difficult thing I've said in this whole <laughs> conversation. You know, how do you carve out time for that? You know, I mentioned the MPQ that I did earlier and, you know, different people have different views on the MPQs and, and I do myself. I'm certainly not saying they are the be all and end all, but probably the most important thing about that whole process was it did allow time for me to reflect on my leadership styles yeah. um, you know, and it kind of pulled on different bits of CPD that I had done before. Now, by no means am I saying that the MPQs are the only way to do that. No, um, no. You know, but, but I think if you can start to, you know, really dig into what your, what you, I mean, it sounds very cliche, but what your own strengths and weaknesses are, um, you know, and, and what your leadership styles are. And I also think on I have learned a huge amount from the various different heads that I have worked for. So I've only worked in two schools, but because of what was going on in both of those schools, I have actually worked for a number of, of heads um, and, and, and the senior other senior yeah, leaders in yeah. general, you know, all of whom have had very different styles, some better and some not so good. And you, you are, I think even when you can be in very difficult situations, when you're working for very difficult people, which I have done as well, you, if you can take a step back and try and learn from that, almost in the sense of, this is what I would not do when I yeah, get no, to this that's position. That's just as important, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I have I have tried to learn from those and and, and you know to, to emanate the people who've been hugely influential to me, um, and you know to try and learn from even those who who've done things in the way that I would not have done it. And by no means am I saying that I get it all right all the no, time. No, no. But I think what you're it, what is interesting, and again, your route and my route is not obviously the same uh, typical of everyone, but I think quite common. Um, but if you've done for me, if you've done a number of years teaching, a number of years middle leadership, mm -hmm. and then you go on to SLT, the point there is you can see everybody's you've been there and done it. So, yeah. you know, you know how to be sensitive to a middle leader because mm -hmm. you think, oh, my God, They've had a five period day. Now they've got to do a department meeting on top of that. I'm going to tell them this tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. It because doesn't mean that I will always not tell them that. No, of course. No, because sometimes it just people just have to be told yeah. stuff and, yeah. and stuff has to get done. But I think what I'm saying is I think not everybody takes that route. They either get quick career, pro career progression mm. and missteps out, whether that's classroom time or middle leadership time. And then I just just don't think it makes you quite as um, effective or, or as powerful if you've not not well, maybe not as able to empathize and, and be sensitive, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like I said, I don't want to kind of make a sweeping generalization about no. everybody who's made those kind of more rapid routes, because we both know people who have yeah, and, and have done it successfully. Yeah. But, but I think if you were, you know, but I think the, the bottom line is to have that experience and to be able to empathize, even if you are asking them to do something that you know is going to be, you know, pain, yeah. a pain, 
um it's about how you approach it it's about having that discussion it's about trying to work together showing that you understand um because we all have crunch times when there are things that just that just have to get done but if you've been there and done it yeah you know then you, it's you, easier yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the final kind of area that i want to just before i let you go discuss and this links to this came about from me seeing something on twitter a few weeks before christmas and then obviously getting in touch with you about you being a guest was this idea of um that i saw on twitter and i can't remember who it was saying about um salary you know the salaries on slt being a driver for people to go for those roles uh and then as, as a profession losing people from the classroom um because okay middle leadership i know is more as well um and like you said earlier actually somebody who's struggling with it they might have got used to a bit more money or they might have a family or a high mortgage or whatever and actually know that they're not really enjoying it and not very good at it but not be able to then step back i mean i think know. it's i think it's really interesting because i also think that you know there are i mean there are we have had some i have seen some people um transition to senior leadership in in an associate associate assistant principal role or on a secondment or what, on what have you and actually the salary is not that different and once or twice i've seen it be slightly less than the HOD salary that they might have been on previously, if they are UPS three yeah, yeah. and then they've got a significant TLR. So, and actually, you know, even particularly in, in core subjects, subject teachers coming through to start off with, actually now the salary is fairly healthy as it, as it, you know, it's not yeah. like it was when you yeah. and I started teaching. No. So no. I think to sort, to, to sort of frame that in the sense that actually, you know, you, you can get to um, a head of department level if that is what you want to do and, and, you know, be on, on a, um, on a fairly significant salary without having to make the leap to, to SLT. You know, there are, obviously we know that there are other things like the lead practitioner routes. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen those operate to varying degrees of success in, in different schools, oh. you know, and I think, again, I think that those routes are probably about the right person, you know, and, and again, that takes a different kind of skill set because as a lead practitioner, you're still in the classroom and, and that is the point but you yeah. still often have a very full timetable. So where are you, you know, how how easy is it going to be for you to make that yeah. kind of wider impact? Um, so I think it's, a, I think it's a real juggling act. I think, you know, you can earn a, a reasonable salary in teaching without being an, on the leadership team. I think yeah. that is yeah. that is true, but obviously it is going to be capped and, and, you know, there, there does come a point where you have to make that decision about, about whether you want to leap. I think that the bottom line is if your motivation is purely financial, then it's not going to end well. No, no <laughs> of course not. And I, and I think people do need to hear that. And people may disagree. And like I've said, no. we always we always say on Teach Talk Radio, you know, this is just one voice and we're open to debate and discussion. So please get in touch if you vehemently disagree with Sarah or myself. But um, I, I think, sorry, Seb, I think the, the other thing also is that actually it's the same argument about going into teaching in the first place, because yes, you know, yes, yes. We've, we've all, you know, everybody listening to this will have seen somebody <laughs> go into teaching because they think the holidays are great. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a term time crop. Yeah, brilliant. And they might last a year if they're lucky. Before, yeah. I guess know. it's the, the same argument of nobody really goes into teaching for the money. No, no, no. exactly. So you go it's into the it same... vocation. 
it's the same thing with the SLT. You don't really, shouldn't really go in it just for that. No. Um, there may be other reasons. But, and also I would say for me, I when I made that step up, you know, there wasn't a massive difference in finance, like you say, mm -hmm. because of where I was in terms of UPS, etc. Yes, there was a bit more, but in real terms, you're talking, you know, maybe 50, 60 pound after tax. Yeah. And, and for the difference in my stress levels, mm -hmm. I, you know, I was literally like, wow. So I think, this, I think the, you know, you know, the, the, the leap from sort of senior leader, sorry, from middle leader to assistant head for a start. Yeah. You know, and then because there is then a, another difference from assistant head to deputy head. Sure. And I think, you know, I think you probably also need to think about what what do you want your end goal to be? You know, because I think a lot of people certainly six, seven, eight years ago, went for an assistant head role because it was at that time probably more money, but at the same time, it wasn't the same level of stress as, you know, a deputy head or a head yeah, even. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I don't think that is quite the case anymore. And I think there's much more, that, you know, there's lots of schools. I know my school is very creative about career progression and, you know, looking at these kind of secondment roles or roles that work alongside the leadership team. Um, but actually, I know people who have said, no, I don't want to do this because I enjoy being in the classroom, you know, and, and that's what I'm good at. Um, and absolute respect to those people. You know, I think that yeah. is, if we didn't have people like that in the profession, then we'd be... Yeah, and that, that that's my kind of worry, I think. Uh, and it's not it's not something we can I can do anything about. But that is my worry. We, we you know we did a show months ago about um, you know the number of people quitting the profession. Mm. You know the the forty percent whatever it is that quit after five years. Yeah. So that's obviously a massive issue, which the government is you know trying to change the ECT program, etc. Whatever. Um, but that's a whole other show about whether we think that's well, that's another or show, or yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, all these sort of things, and it's like, okay, you can't argue with the stats, this many people are leaving. Mm. And then the bigger implication of that being kids over the next 10 years have classrooms full of inexperienced teachers and mm. not having, but then the other then then what I'm saying is those experienced teachers, if they're then pulled away to go into higher positions for financial reasons, then what are we left with? You know, are we left with just NQT plus ones or whatever you want to call them, uh, running, you know, in the classroom full time. And, yeah. and but hopefully there's enough people who are like what you've just said. Yeah. Yeah. Actually enjoy the nuts and bolts of a good lesson and a good and, and a progression of kids that they will always be able to. Well, that's, I guess that's what we've got to hope, really, is that there is enough people. <laughs> well, let's hope. And if you're not out there, then please don't, you know, stay in the classroom. But, um, but, no, I mean, there's obviously there is no real real answer to it, but I think I think the finance, which we've touched upon, and the career progression, people's personal situation, and I guess I suppose that if there's always people coming into the progress, as long as it's still made the profession. Well, I think made, I think you're, you're you're absolutely right. As long as there, as, as long as there is yeah, enough people, and enough, and also controversially enough quality people coming yes, into the profession. Yes. You know, again, we we've seen people come in. You know, I've both seen people come into the profession who it's not right for no. them in, you know, in the first place. Um, and, and I think as long as we are able to to be creative about professional opportunities. And I think actually probably the last point on this is that actually 
it, it is also therefore down to a, lo a lot down to the schools and the head teachers and their budgets and structures what they can offer people yes. um you know and and it shouldn't be there should be the, the system itself should be stronger than that that it doesn't have to rely no, on that no. um you know and um and, and so yeah so so you know head, we've all seen it head teachers look for opportunities to hold on to their to their strongest teachers and strongest members of staff um, but it, it's not always possible no and i think that's that's the way that it's portrayed in the media and i think there's a danger that you know sometimes people don't want to come into our profession because it's seen as too hard mm -hmm. and yes it is hard we know that um but i think also it does depend on your context massively depends on your context and the leadership team and the kids and the context of the area you're in. But I think there's, we have to end by being positive and saying that, you know, teaching is very, very rewarding. And well, whether I was that... just going to say, I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I think even if you're not in the classroom, you know, 30, 40 hours a week, um, which I, again, I just think is a natural progression anyway. You can't sustain that. You get older and older and you have family and whatever. It's, it's, it is a, that way a young man's game in some respect or a young, yeah. person's, young person's game. But, um, but yeah, and it's natural then that you'd have those younger teachers coming through that would have that energy and you do a bit less. But ultimately what we're saying is that's still being with a, a bunch of kids and, you know, Absolutely. And it's about, I don't even think it's about doing less. It's about doing different things. You know, yeah, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, um, I would have been far more enthusiastic about staying at school until 10 o'clock doing a school production than I would be now about yeah. staying at school till 10 o'clock to do a board of trustees meeting, you know, and it's, <laughs> I probably still would be more enthusiastic about that. But <laughs> You know, it, it's different. It's different things that you have to do, you know. Um, yeah. and, and as you say, you know, age and stamina, you know, just puts a different kind of throw on it as well. This so. is flavor. And, and that's why I would give a big shout out now to all those people who are um, have been doing it a long time and are happy doing that and, yeah. and are happy just being either a full time start teaching with no responsibility because we need those people just as much as as anyone else and you know i, I can think of people at, at my previous school people that we've taught together that are you know close to retirement and my even my own dad bless him you know he 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 got to head of faculty and then he was like whoa i don't want to do any more than that and because i think i think actually another another thing that's sorry to interrupt no, you. No, no, go on, yeah. we need to finish soon but i think the other thing that actually is is a real i sometimes struggle with this is the whole kind of performance appraisal system and you know as as people go up through sort of UPS etc and all of a sudden they're having to take on some kind of whole school responsibility because yes. of the because of the UPS level that they're at etc you yeah, know and, and so the system is forcing people who might not necessarily want to do that um you know to, to, to be forced down that route um but yeah you wanted to end positive I completely agree you know there is no other profession like it I do think you are born to do it or not and i think you know there are people who who are made for it and and not but all of those people who are and are doing it it is you know it is such a fantastic job and and as you say i would just urge everybody to to stick with it and my god if everybody's got through the last two years yeah just i was just about to say like we haven't mentioned the c word but no, no, I, let's think, not. <laughs> I think the fact that people are still doing it in through this um yeah. I know we may have had a slight some support by you know certain supermarkets giving us discounts etc um and it may have changed public perception of teaching forever i don't know but um 
but anyway let, let's just hope we can we can plow on and and people can keep doing what they love doing but anyway thanks for your time sarah that was so interesting we've gone into My about pleasure, 20, 20 different topic areas which now anyone <laughs> uh calling in we can pick and choose from any of those areas that me and sarah have managed to cover in half an hour um but i'm um, have a lovely year and good luck with everything at your school thank you thank you for having me you're welcome you're welcome take care Okay, uh, so let me just turn my mic up a little bit there. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Sarah Baker. So big shout out to Sarah. Uh, thank you for her time earlier in the week. An incredibly busy woman, uh, Deputy Head, who's obviously gone back to the same uh, uh, kind of situation we all have of getting kids tested and lateral flows and all of that. So it wasn't feasible really for her to come on the show live. Um, but I really massively appreciated her time. And I hope those of you that are listening, I see we've got a lot of people listening in uh, now to the show, which is great. Thanks for joining me. I hope there was lots in there that piqued your curiosity or chimed with you in some way, or maybe you got your goat and maybe you thought, what a load of rubbish these people are talking. But either way, please do get in touch, uh, send us a message or click the call in button and join in the conversation. Um we have got plenty of time still left on the show, and anyone who call in who calls in does get a lovely uh, Teachers Talk Radio mug. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots covered there in that interview with Sarah. Um, and one thing I think we may talk about briefly after the news um, in a moment is I'm going to throw it out there. What are the personal attributes that we think make good teachers? Because I think one thing that came out of that interview was there was a lot of um, overlap between talking about the profession and talking about personalities and I think it would be remiss of me for us to not maybe talk about that a little bit what are your thoughts Let's pop them in the chat box I'll put a few down just uh, off the top of my head for example patience so if you're not a very patient person probably would not make you the best teacher in the world but that's quite an obvious one um, you need to have energy you need to be a reflective person I think um, you can be a teacher that doesn't have any patience, isn't reflective and it doesn't have any energy, but I think you're going to struggle. Um, you need to be flexible because I think the profession is incredibly uh, open to change and you get thrown things at the last minute. And if you're not someone who's very flexible, that can stress you out. Uh, and, you know, be a, be a team player. I think that's another big one. You've got to be able to be part of a team. Now, those are kind of attributes I wrote down to be a good teacher. And I wonder if people have a different opinion on what makes a good leader. Now, probably you would need all those things as well. But I also added being a good listener because I don't necessarily think you have to be an amazing listener to be a good teacher, ironically. Um, although, obviously, you've got to listen to what kids say. But I think that deeper listening is even more important in leadership roles. Uh, things like empathy and honesty. Again, you might not be the most honest person with your feelings and you can get away with that as a teacher. But I think if you're a leader and you have to tell people hard truths and you have to tell pull people up on things, it's not easy. Those difficult conversations are not easy. So if your personality is such that you don't you find confrontation difficult, then it's hard. It's not impossible because I'm, I'm kind of that sort of person. I found that element of leadership quite difficult um because i didn't really necessarily want to tell people things that they didn't want to hear but you just have to get used to it if you if you're in that role so that would be a nice little discussion i think after the news um we've had a couple of people uh charles i think it was in india that um called in during that interview um charles if you're still there and you're listening and 
you want to join uh, me in the studio, that's absolutely fine. But we're just going to have a quick news, um, an ad break. Um, and then after that, um, we'll pick up some of these um, other points. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This weekend, the 8th and 9th of January, the Eton Project is offering free entry to all in the education sector. Ice skating is still on and all is free if you bring your proof of employment with you. A payslip, photo ID, name badge or membership card are all acceptable as proof of employment. Teachers, teaching assistants, school, college and university staff and home educators all qualify for free entry. Schools in Mozambique have been adversely affected by terrorism. According to ADRA, the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, only 8 out of 17 districts in the Cabo de Lago region have operational schools. Since 2017, according to the report, 46 schools have been vandalised and 173 forced to close. To date, eight teachers are reported to have been killed in Pemba, the capital of Cabo Delgado. Schools in the province are expected to open on the 22nd of January, but it is thought that persistent terror attacks might derail this plan. In Syria, Ramadan Darwish, director of the Centre for Educational Measurement and Evaluation, revealed that the number of dropouts in Syria over the past 10 years exceeds 1.1 million students. He said that it would be a significant challenge to bring young people back to education if they have joined the labour market. UNICEF estimates that 2.1 million children in Syria and 700,000 children in neighbouring countries are deprived of education, while a further 1.3 million students are at risk of dropping out of school. 
This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now before I start, I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore the cost of the device is written off, and I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week, so in a 12-hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time-flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer Jeff Cavalier. Some claiming to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, how about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride, for example, will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people pushed for time, this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also, if you exercise regularly at the same time, this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again, there are lots of different apps out there. My example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn Sweatcoins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background so you don't even need to to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps, so you don't need to log your exercise twice. As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Right, so thanks to uh, Steve with the tech briefing there. Thanks to Gail with the news um, and to all our um, advertisers and supporters as well. Um, yeah, so it's coming up just a quarter past five. It's Thursday. It's Seb Ventura here in London. Um, it's now dark. It's now cold. Um, I can't move from my Chromebook to go and put my heating on. Um, and I don't move my Chromebook through fear of losing internet. So I'm going to just sit here with cold feet for the next 15 minutes. Um, but you don't need to feel sorry for me because I'm here for you. Um, right, so picking up really briefly on what one of the tech things there was about the Strava thing. I am a Strava user uh, as, a, as a cyclist. 
Um, and yeah, that's a really good point about the security thing because I, I never realised that for a long time that my rides were obviously getting tracked and logged um, back um, from my house. And so, of course, it's always tracking, always showing that that start and end point. And yeah, okay, you go on an eight mile bike ride, you don't really want to come home to a burgled house. So that was one for me that um, I thought, oh, yeah. I need to pick up on that. Mal's just messaged in there, not cold in Spain. Mal, one of our, um, well, one of the executive team of Teach Talk, of Teach Talk Radio, one of the founders of Teach Talk Radio with, with Tom Rogers, one of the first um, people that I spoke to when I joined the team, uh, and one of the people responsible for our, us as a station growing and becoming what we are today. Mal has uh, moved to Spain quite recently, and she's um, now just let me know that it's not cold there. So that's really nice bit of... Um, empathy there mal thank you very much um yeah it's going to get cold i think we all need to admit that as well don't we we have to um people i know are saying oh it's so cold it's so cold well actually january is normally pretty cold so buckle up if you think this is cold it's going to get worse get your gloves get your scarves get your things ready your thick socks um right anyway we digress this is not uh, weather talk radio it's teacher talk radio um so we'll stick to the point um we've been talking about leadership today we've been talking about middle leadership into senior leadership um and one of the questions we've been asking is is that right for everyone uh, are we at risk of losing strong classroom teachers because the pay scales are are so heavily weighted to the top end that people um you know want to move up the scale quickly um and also um you know is is that worth the money you know for some people the extra money is great but is the extra stress of leadership uh, positions uh, particularly slt really worth the actual cash in hand in your pocket not that that is the reason you're necessarily doing it um but i think you've got to weigh up your mental health um, or whether that's what you want to do um, whether that's something you want to develop or whether you just enjoy teaching um, and that's what you want to stay doing. So we talked about that. Me and Sarah, Sarah and I also discussed slightly looking at, um, although not in detail, the fact that she is a mother and she uh, was um, a head of dance and moved all the way up and had two children along the way, had to pause her career, had to go back. And some of the things she sacrificed there and some of the things she talked about briefly about, um, you know, that guilt feeling of of leaving your children or um staying at work late um and balancing that all up um with you know your personal life with your career which is also another another debate for another day mal's saying teachers talk radio i'm pretty sure i'd said teachers talk radio maybe i said teacher talk pretty sure i said teachers talk radio uh sorry if i didn't mal um yeah and, and just before the news i was throwing out the idea of um what we might we talked about briefly was what do you think personal attributes that make good teachers are and personal attributes that make good leaders in school so what are some of your key personality points that you think um separate to teaching um forget teaching for a moment your personality traits uh that you think as a teacher actually it's good that i've got that personality trait that makes me better at my job now i'm not suggesting everybody's the same at all I remember meeting one science teacher once who was so, so quiet, so painfully shy in the staff room and I and so mouse-like and quiet and small. And I just thought, I, I don't know how she must, this, this, this teacher must be terrible. And that's awful that I thought that. But I just thought, how can she be a teacher? She's not loud. She's not energetic. She's not. 
And I went to her lessons and they were absolutely brilliant. And she was very quietly spoken, but she was very firm. And she had the kids working hard and eating out the palm of her hand. And it did make me realise that it's not necessarily about all having um, big bubbly personalities. But my point is, I still think there are key things, key personality traits that um, we all have as teachers that I think are quite common, e.g. being able to be patient, driven, um, hardworking, etc. That make you a good teacher or help you necessarily be an amazing teacher, but help you actually just do the job and not quit and not give up. So shout them out to me or put them on the text box and let me know. Um, you know, Mal has put an introvert living in an extrovert world. That's very poetic, Mal. Please explain what you mean by that. Um, but yeah, I think um, maybe she's referring to the teacher I was talking about. I, I think there are key. And I think leadership is also another big one. You know, if you have got if you're really good at being honest with people um, and you're good with empathy, you're a good listener, you're flexible. You're able to admit mistakes. Um, um, those sorts of things, I think you can get away with being a, a good teacher and not having those. But I think to be a good leader, you definitely need them. Right. So Mal's clarified she was talking about um, the teacher that I mentioned before. Yes, she was a very introverted person in the staff room. And in and when you talk to her, at um, you know, even the pub on a, on a staff do. But actually, she was able to put on a level of pretense and artifice, which was enough to communicate to her, to her kids, um, but we, but it wasn't the sense of, you know, she was shy and nervous and anxious and the, and the kids ate her alive, which you do get that sometimes, with, especially with trainees, but not at all, you know, because she knew her stuff, she was intelligent and she was able to be, you can do discipline and good behaviour management without having to be loud and shouty, of course, um, by being consistent. So, um, again, we kind of digress. I'm really sorry. If anyone's tuning in now thinking that my shows uh, stay focused, I'm very sorry they don't. I tend to spiral all over the place. Um, I know that maybe some of the other show hosts are similar, but I also know some of the other show hosts are not and are far more uh, focused and logical um, but that's me, guys. That's what you get. You get what you pays for. Um, so just a few things to um, sum up before we finish today. And also, if you are wanting to call in, you do still have time. And there was a caller from India earlier who called in during my interview. Charles, if you're still listening and you want to call in, you, you know, feel free to click call in now. A um, couple of little admin messages from me. Um, obviously, we have got Leanne Lax, I believe, coming up. Uh, after this show, I'm just triple checking that is the case. I'm pretty sure Leanne is on after me. Here we go, Thursday. Yeah, Leanne should be on at six. So if you're just coming in from work or you're just tuning in uh, and you've missed my show, um, Leanne will be on just after me at six. So stay tuned for that. Um, also, if you have missed the show or you came in late, which I see now we've got quite a few listeners. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but if you caught the tail end of my interview with Sarah and you feel you missed out or you were like, oh, what was the thread? What was the beginning? There are a couple of different ways you can uh, go back to that, which Mal's just put one in the chat box there. You can either go onto Spotify and download shows like that. You can go onto Podbean, search the shows up on the app and go back. Or in indeed, you can just go straight to our website, uh, ttradio.org slash listen back so go straight to the website and all the previous shows are all archived on there 
Um, if you missed the beginning and you want to go back, because it was a really good interview, and thanks again to Sarah for giving me her time. I really enjoyed talking to her um, about a lot of those issues, some of which clearly are unsolvable issues. Some of them are just debate points, uh, like with all of education discussions at the moment. Some there is no right answer. Um, but again, that's what makes this interesting. Um, and part of the reason I think Teacher Talk Radio is, is, is doing a good service uh, because I think we, um, we give people that chance to have a voice and open the debate about different things um, and get, get some discussion going. So um, that's all uh, in terms of that. Although there was one other admin thing, which was that I am, due to a change in circumstance, I am going to be only doing my show every fortnight so i if you're a regular follower of the drive home with me said which i hope some people are um then don't fret next week if, if there's no show um hopefully someone will pick that slot up which i know the executive team are working on and again if you are a teacher listening and you really love what we've what we've been talking about today get in touch um on the twitter at tt radio 2022 um, get in touch with tom or mal or one of the team um, if you want to be a host, uh, because there is a slot on a Thursday every other week um, where you can pick that slot up. So I will be doing a fortnightly show, same time, same place, etc. Um, but I will need a week in between. So I will be joining you in two weeks time, uh, which gives me a little bit more time to get some guests lined up. Um, and I've got some ideas for that. And my second point related to this was if you want to be a guest, uh, particularly if you want to be a guest on my show, um, then let me know. Um, but obviously you can go onto Twitter. Um, if you're following us, you'll know anyway. But if you're not, it's at TT Radio 2022. Go on there. And um, if you want to message us or DM the team, if you are interested in being a guest, of course you can always just click click call in on the pub bean. You don't have to pre-organise it. But if you're someone who's sitting there thinking, oh, I would like to... Um, you know, be a guest and, and it'd be a bit more formal, then do that. You can also go on the website, ttradio.org slash contact. Again, Mal's put that in the chat. Um, so what I was going to say, if you want to be on this show particularly, or you want to connect with me and you want to debate something we've discussed at more length on any of my shows um, from last year or today, um, then I am on Twitter at trippytaka74, uh, trippytaka74. Um, T-A-K-A and you can contact me, uh, follow me and I'll, I'll get in touch with you as well but loads and loads and loads um, of topics coming up I'm excited for this year, I am excited I'm hoping that Covid's going to slowly fade into the background and we can stop talking about it and we can uh, thanks Mal for putting that on the chat um, hopefully we can get back to some sort of normality after the end of January um, that review, let's hope that you know we can get rid of the masks. It's not easy, is it, telling kids all day long to put masks on in lessons and in corridors? It's not easy, even if most of them are doing it because they want to. It's still bloody hard getting people to do to, to follow a rule like that. So, um, uh, my heart goes out to anyone who's had similar conversations uh, to me uh, with kids today about why they have to wear a mask. This is not a school rule, it's the law, it's the government. Um, okay, so I'm going to knock it on the head there. Um, it's nearly half past five. Um, my feet are freezing cold. I'm very hungry. And I hope Tom uh, or Mal or any of my bosses at Teachers Talk Radio won't uh, fire me for um, uh, sneaking off a little bit early. But I feel like we've come to a natural end. Um, as I say, keep in touch. 
um, through the website, through the Twitter, through the Podbean, lots of ways. Uh, tune into Leanne's show um, and indeed any of the other shows that we've got coming up this weekend. Again, the website is the place to go. Uh, thanks to my guest, Sarah Baker. Uh, happy year, New Year to everybody um, listening today. And um, yeah, let's hope 2022 is a little more bright and breezy than 2021, which I think we'll put that one down in the bin, won't we? So um, yeah, that's it, guys. Have a lovely evening and I'll see you in two weeks time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.